podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm adjusted. My brother, Justice Raji. All right. So, uh, I guess start. wanted to talk about there's a um, new movie, I guess. Well, I don't know. Yeah, still, I would say it's new. You know, yeah, American still, Fiction, yeah. uh, starring Jeffrey Wright, uh, which is directed by, and I should say the brother's name or person's name. I don't particularly remember. I think it's, I think it's a brother in the, you know, in the, in the, in the vernacular sense that we would say that. Uh, and um, hold on here. You know, um, and a yeah, directed by Cord Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? And based on written by Cord Jefferson and Percival Everett. Uh, Percival Everett. Uh, I don't know a lot of his work, but a pretty prolific uh, uh, writer. Right, so um, I know a lot of like Western type joints, and um, but it's based on a book Erasure that he uh, wrote, and I have a lot of thoughts about this movie and a lot of um, feelings about the movie and and what the movie is about, but also what the movie tried to do. So you know, um, I'll open up by like actually tipping the ball to you uh, to get you know what are some of your first thoughts about American. Yeah, um, a couple, man. Uh, you know, one, I thought that, one, it's a very good movie. So let me start there before I start opining. Um, it's a very good movie. You should go see it if you haven't. Um, you know, it's been, it's now in um, cities across the country where it was, you know, kind of limited run um, up until uh, about two weeks ago, um, two Fridays ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a different place. And I think, one good one like thought about the movie I have is this like it shows the natural limits of black excellence. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's a type of movie that says there is a successful black, there's a successful author, or you know, semi-successful. <laughs> there's a successful, successful writer. He has a sister who is a doctor. He has another brother who's a doctor. They, you know, family from, you know, the Boston area. Um, have a beach house out in Cape Cod, right? And so all the things about this are the very, like, things that if you were to look at and say, Black folks moving on up, right? It's almost like the conclusion of the Jeffersons, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> This is a successful family with all the things that that comes with that. And then you just see also the frailties of that concept. Right. And it's not in a bad way, but it's the frailties of of humanity. And no matter what your economic conditions are, there are still the frailties of a family. 
there are still these challenges that families have. And I thought it was really genius how they wrapped this very family story in kind of like this real funny shell. Mm-hmm. In the funny shell of the whole book and the culture, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I just wanted to like I fundamentally saw it as a family movie wrapped in other things, right? And 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 it, because it was the limit of quote unquote black excellence, it all was also was centering the fact of normalizing black people being successful and seen on screen in ways other than acute suffering or dramatic success. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is very, very important because I think that ties into the second part that you only see black people when it comes to acute suffering. Mm -hmm. But like while he's grappling with that, the personal reality was just very normalized suffering in in a family and in in a society and how someone comes to grips with, um, you know, life and, and family secrets and, you know, uh, connections and lack thereof. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in Monk's personal kind of connections and lack thereof as exercise kind of in his personal relationships and also his relationship to, to his art. So, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was that I thought it was like one of the first times you've seen. Almost a Woody Allen-esque uh, tale about black families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say that because I, I'm, a you know, his personal uh, misgivings notwithstanding, <laughs> I am a Woody Allen fan, um, and so I just thought it was—I thought it was really great to be able to see that um, on stage. And as, so I wanted to touch on the families. Like I know we'll get into the kind of bigger book interaction and stuff like that, but I did think it was like a family movie wrapped in wrapped in this like funny context. It's it was good to see. A film um, involving, I mean, like the, the like the primary dynamic of like hardship and challenge. You know, what I mean, for 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 Jeffrey Wright's character, for Monk, you know, is is the reality of like what's happening with his family, uh, preparing for and caring for an aging parent. Um, the whatever the dynamics, if if you have siblings, um, you know whatever the dynamics between you and your close siblings, which for for uh, for a lot of people, you know, is probably one of their closer uh, is, issue points of stress. Then you know, as as much as you know, the realities of the society of our societal experience, uh, black folks don't often get to like be be centered in a conversation where it's like man me and my brother don't get along and we haven't got along since we were 18 because of something and, and I don't totally understand it or I'm estranged from you know this part of my family and it's hard for me or it's difficult or you know my, my pops or my people's you know divorced or they had you know he had a second life he was doing some other things and and I didn't realize it and other family members did and and there's resentments like those things are not things that for our community are seen as operating space for like human stories. Uh, even though right. for, probably for most of us, we, we probably more of us have, you know, interpersonal or interfamily, you know, dynamics, you know, in, in, in angst or pain or trauma or upsetness or whatever you stress, even was just say stress. So we're not saying a whole bunch of words. 
uh, that's rooted in, man, I, me and my cousin are the only two that need to figure out what's going to happen. We, you know, when my aunt can't stay in her house no more and, you know, the cousin moved somewhere far and I'm, I'm the one that's close and, and I can't check on them. Like, and, 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 you know, lose the sleepover, like getting calls, you know, the, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross character going like, both of y'all don't live here. So anything happens with mom, I'm the one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm a, and I, and then she's, you know, and then the layers that she's not just a doctor, but she's a, you know, obstetrician at like a, like a, you know, like a Planned Parenthood type situation. And right. like, and whatever that, like this, like, so there's so much, like, I appreciated the way the movie heaped the complexities of the life of all of these people <laughs> were, were things that mattered. Right. And we're typically, especially in the creative movie, in the movie space, and even in the movie going space, we are not afforded the opportunity for folks to think like, oh, yeah, you know, he's stressed out because he's worried about, you know, his mom or, his, his, you know, the, his books is failing and like he, he always supposed to be successful. And, uh, you know, the brother's a plastic surgeon and he's, you know, dealing with uh, accepting, you know, his his uh, his uh, sexuality, as it were, you know what I'm saying, and and you know doing doing a little extra with the with the substance use. I don't know if that that part had to happen, but he probably was already using substances anyway. You know what I'm saying? But the like, it's a lot of stuff happening, right? And there's thing, and none of it is stuff that to me is like far fetched. Like it's all right. things that I right. can, as a as a man of a certain age, can relate to. Being like, yo, what what's the plan for when you know my mom's? It's just not good for her to be, you know not in a house <laughs> where someone could check on her every day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being concerned about, you know, um, you know, whatever your, your, your chosen profession and, you know, brushing up against the limits of it, especially for him as a writer being like, I'm right dog. Like would he, uh, well, I'll say that for later. Cause it's, cause it's a lot of funny stuff in there. And this just for the record, this is a bit spoiler. You know, you had a month, you know, you know what I'm saying? So if, if I tip a hat to some shit, you ain't here. Go watch the movie, you know what I'm saying, before you before you listen to the rest of this podcast. Cause I can't protect you. Um but the you know, but I kind of say can I just say real quick, I think your point about like what was the biggest challenge they had? It wasn't because they was about to shut down the rec center down the street. Right, right. It was like <laughs> right. we're about to lose like, the house. Yeah, <laughs> they taking the balloon right. payment Even on losing us. Losing the house and reverse mortgages was more. I mean, right. those were again, those are more just like. Uh, pedestrian decisions that people make in families versus like a social thing that's happening down the street and the cop killed a black kid and (laughs) how are you responding to it? And like, you know, again, these kind of framings as the, the very challenged or the saint that's like saving people. And what I really liked about it was, you know, in that context, it wasn't like saints or sinners. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody had like, a thing they were dealing with just as part of life. And again, to center us in that kind of way, I thought was, was, was really important. Yeah. And, um, but just to backtrack a little bit for folks that may not know, I mean, the, the, the ethos or the center that when you watch the trailer, uh, especially is, you know, you have a monk who is a writer, uh, a well-regarded writer, right. Critically acclaimed, so to speak. Uh, maybe not particularly financially uh, successful, which, you know, my understanding of the world of writing 
there's a lot of that. Like you write a lot of good stuff, but you maybe maybe don't make, you know, everybody don't make super bajillion million dollars. But then also the reality is him as a creative and a black creative person, you know, like going to um, conferences and stuff and like barely getting in at any attention. Uh, you know, when he has the, when they had an argument where they put him on sabbatical or, or whatever from the, from the school and him and the other dude like arguing and he's like, Begging on it's like he's like, well, at least I sold something. And he's like, he's like that piece of basically saying this work is, is hot trash. Like right. that whole interaction was fantastic. And, but also the way, you know, you got Monk who, you know, you know, he he's not a particular, he doesn't, he's not like an imposing figure, right? But they totally had like three whole people in the room to like have this conversation with him. Right. Like on the other side of the table, like, oh, maybe we gotta tell this black man we, that he needs to take a break. You know, and it, now he he did go hard on the the joy, the sister in the class who was, you know, trying to, you know, uh, put apply um, you know, uh, I mean it creates a very interesting space to be in a room as 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 a black man, what you know, the, this was in regard to the N-word. So, you know, you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um and and like her being the source of the person being like, I don't want you to say that word around me. And it'd be kind of like, you, you bug it. We are, we are in a writing class. We are going to talk about what was in the, what's on the page. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, it's so much happening there, but it's also a very, you know, I could see how somebody could end up, you know, in, 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 a, in an office, in a meeting, you know, especially from the, from the seeming that the, the, the snapshot we get is that, and and it's revealed through the story that again he is a person that is kind of difficult to kick it with. You know what I'm saying? Uh Eric right. Alexander's character, um, you know, for everybody that that uh, you know, cousin Pam was the cousin you was trying to holler at on, on, on the Cosby show. Shout out, shout out to Cousin Pam trying to shout out to Southwest. She's from Southwest, you know that? Yeah, yeah, I thought so, right? Yeah, she's from Southwest. Shout out to Eric Alexander, you know what I mean? Yeah. Eric Alexander's character when he, when he uh when he snapped at her about um the book it was just like oh like damn bro monk like chill out man <laughs> you kind of wilding man like like she wasn't trying to control your life right but like you know he he is this dude that is as much as he is a, you know a sympathetic figure in terms of being the center of the story he, again as you said he's not a, like a saint he's not without error he's not um perfected the um the stuff that gets revealed with uh him and the siblings uh is uh heavy but um before we get off into that what did you think about sort of the interaction with him and Issa Rae's character in terms of, like the young author who who he had he had static with but it was almost like he was also sort of curious at least to me like wait a minute well how do you see what you've written it's like he he definitely like came when they have that interaction. It's like he he came like he was ready for blood almost. Like, yeah, I'm about to like set it off. And then it was like he got pushed back, kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Um, uh, what did you think oh, about man. sort of that? I, I thought that I had to say I thought that was kind of one of the most impactful, powerful parts of the book. And I think I mean the movie, and I think it it, it indicated this challenge that a lot of black people and i'm sure you know other original people find themselves in positions as gatekeepers again kind of going back to this concept of black excellence of like what are we writing about ourselves how are we projecting ourselves what is the sum total of the story and i think monk 
was indicating kind of like this this take in the aesthetic of of blackness that was not defined by us in in what some may call challenging and compromising situations. Mm-hmm. And I think the interaction with Issa Rae, even though she was not maybe from that environment, I think there's also there's also that underlying thing in our in our communities and in our leadership of like, how do you speak for the voices of people who you may not be? And, and in writing that may come out that you may be using vernacular that is not your own mm. in some way, in some sense, it's, it's people representing ideas and concepts of experiences that they haven't had. Um how do you represent that? So I think to your point, Monk, of being like you're you're utilizing this vernacular to be successful, and then her pushing back about you being a gatekeeper of the of 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 a perception of a people, and you know wanting us only to be seen in a certain light. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really really good part of the dialogue because I think it does it does permeate a lot of black conversations in ways we don't discuss mm-hmm. about the ways we want to be seen and the white gaze and the impact of the ways we want to be seen as far as it pertains to white gaze. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was like, I, I've, I've been, I'm trying to go watch it again because I wanted to when she because because in some ways she basically kind of lands in the place of like like why are you worried about them any like if I wrote any like it doesn't almost doesn't matter what I had wrote like if I wrote a whole different story that they like they probably would might possibly like not like it for the same reasons um the my interesting of uh, the footnote watching the movie because there's parts of it where I realize like you know I'm I'm in Oregon uh so you know when I went to theater that weren't a lot of black people there <laughs> at the theater that I saw it at. I don't know for sure if there was other black people besides us. Um, but there was things in there in terms of the overall. Oh, I guess I guess I should say this part because for some people listening, may they really may be out the loop and they may have consigned this movie to the. I'm not gonna go watch that. So the the, the crux of the, of the story is that Monk, um, uh, in a fit of rage, basically bangs out this uh, sort of serial like highly stereotypical and like for him like I'm going to give you the thing you seem to want a uh, story about like a like maybe like a reformed or released or trying to change his life or I don't know tell his story like arch criminal black man that like the ghetto and, and, and the struggle and the hood is taking me down and the, the you know like all all of the things, which was actually was a fantastic set of scenes with Keith David and you know, then he's like, wait, what? What am I about to do right now? Like, like oh yeah, I would have loved to see more Keith David if there was a way to get that to happen. Um, and and then in order to and he submits this because he needed to submit something, and it the same publishers who weren't interested in his other, you know, work were like, oh my goodness, we have to have it. And then he kind of develops this whole fake persona around it and, um, you know, mayhem ensues, I guess we could say. Uh, I also enjoyed his interactions with his, with his, uh, his manager, editor, manager dude. And like, like their kind of dynamic of like, man, y'all know, you know the gang we in, man. Like, come on, just get, give me something. <laughs> and then they're being, you know, I thought they went a little extra with the, he's a fugitive and, 
<laughs> but it was always like, but the, the thing I was getting to was there were things within the structure that I, I like, because you, because someone may get the impression reading this or you listen to our dialogue or even hearing those points that the, there was space for other people to be in on the joke. You know what I'm saying? And like, so right. I was sort of at times listening, you know, kind of the way when you go to a play or something, you're like, are they laughing at the right parts of this? And, and like, there was stuff in there where it was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're like, they like people in here are also getting, there's like things that they're picking at, you know, within the experience and the behavior, you know, um, within our society that is like, yeah, that, then people do be full of shit when they do that. Or those people ain't cool when they do that. Or, you know, like, yeah, 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 that's, you know, um, it, it, it's a a challenging thing um, as I guess you know whatever midway creative person like you, like you know you create something and you feel like a certain way about it and you want other people to feel a way about it and then you gotta realize sometimes like you have no control how they feel about the thing that you created right like so if you thought you you, you broke the illest you know, 16 to 32 bars about uh, the Black Panther Party and everybody's going to go out and want to, like, feed some kids and save the community after you lay that bar down. And then later people be like, yeah, man, like that one part when you just talk about grits, man, I really love grits. My grandma used to make me grits. You'd be like, nah, but what about the other? I mean, I love your grandma, but what about the other part? <laughs> you know, we'll go out and save the community and, like, free the people. And it's like, eh, not so much. I'm not so much into that part, right? Like, you don't have that control over the way other people accept what you're doing and i think for a character for a person like monk it's like you know they say throughout the thing it's like you you were brilliant like and and then you have this uh and, and so you could like do anything by our accounts and that could be frustrating when you have that level of like i could do anything and you're like well why don't people like my stuff the way i'm doing it and it's like well because we, we don't like that stuff you know what i mean but you still doesn't mean you're bad it just means we don't like it you know what I mean? Or not enough of us like it, you know, to the degree, you know, that you're uh, looking for. Well, and I think that's the point about the white gates, right? Like, which again was the, to me, the broader context, like where you see all the kind of funny clips, right? In the movie, it's this like, you're writing movie, you're writing books and you're writing and, and people aren't like jumping on it. But then when the Issa Rae character does the, the, does the book or using a particular black vernacular, like people are all on it. Right. And so this idea of like how white people are all constantly engaging in, in, in certain parts of our experience. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean when there's certain parts of our experience that are engaged because it's raw and gripping, right? And then, you know, Monk kind of representing that, like, but we can be elevated. Look, I'm writing about shit, and there's no Black person in the book, <laughs> right? But I'm Black, so I wrote it. And they're like, no, I want to hear, like, the Black experience, right? And mm-hmm. and, and I think that that, story, that kind of tale is an interesting one because it does kind of connect to even, like, okay, what does a gaze of a broader society identify as what's acceptable mm-hmm. and what's thrilling even versus what does, you know, a community that's producing a representative, representative art see as gripping. 
you know, you can see it in music, you can see it in, in any kind of form. If somebody's like, you know, kind of in, in, in some ways, it's like, it's not like the the Yasin Bey Drake conversation, but kind of like a, we're producing this kind of high elevated art, but you like the simplest form of the art. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm producing this level of writing, but you like the level of writing that feeds into base stereotypes and then never having the critics or never having the usually white power structure identify why they like it so much. Right. And his challenge with that. And I think, again, artists and community builders and a lot of people always have a challenge with like, OK, why is this thing you want to talk about? Education. right why is the thing you want to talk about building a house right so Mm -hmm. you know but people will identify that that's what people want to pay for so they'll talk about building houses because that's what people want to pay for versus like it never gets interrogated like why is that your thing you know what i mean like like we talked you know talked about before like george floyd gets murdered and now everyone's like invest in black businesses (laughs) <laughs> and that when no one gets to interrogate, like why you switch the conversation from state sponsored murder to like economic empowerment. Yeah. Well, you know, it gets to like the the the, the rub for for the uh, for monk and that the benefits of like to the degree that like him only write like writing a certain way was a, some sort of expression of his morals or something or like his essential character like there's only so far that that gets him <laughs> in terms of like being able to do the thing he wants and like where it could be seen as this outlandish you know what I'm saying I, I guess uh, the, the analogy I would make you know at the time when we were uh you know, making music in the late nineties. And it was like, oh man, you know, you make one of these like snappy samples that everybody know and you punch it up a little bit and you you shake, rattle and roll. You might be able to go somewhere and you might be able to make a lot of money. Uh, But me, I'm saying I got to stay true to my boom bap, you know, you know, ethos, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And, you know, at some point though, it's also like, you know, I like to go to parties and dance too. You know what I'm saying? I ain't necessarily against dance songs. I just don't necessarily make them. <laughs> right and and then but then it, like if you're if your intention and you're not again clear to me something I think any any not just like creative people I think anybody needs to do, to do when you assess like if you're not clear about why you're doing something and you're acting like you're not doing it for the money that you're going to get paid to do it and you're like no no I'm doing this because it's you know it's always been my my goal my dream to like to to save lives so I became a doctor also. You know, despite the high cost and other things, there's a there's a there's an economic and a and a community esteem that is afforded you usually if you are a medical professional, right? right. And, and it doesn't mean you're just supposed to get the, the 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 community esteem just no matter how you act, right? But you know, yeah, we do kind of go like, oh man, you know, he's cardiologist, man, save people lives. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. You know, also. If he's a jerk, <laughs> you know, we might not really want to hang out. We respect that you can fix our heart, but we may not always dig you all like that because you, you know, you're kind of a kind of a jerk. And someone that's in that position may feel that they still should get that 
that like esteem and love for being, you know, I do this thing where I like I fix hearts, I get in there, I save people and stents and shit. And it's like, yeah, but you're kind of a jerk. So like we totally respect that you do what you do, but we don't really want to hang out with you because you know fun to be around. And that's you know, that's neither here nor there. Some people like you, I'm not. And when those two things rub up against each other, it can be very difficult for the person in that position to maybe pick up that it's like, oh, they're not like, they're not like unappreciative of my, like what I do. Cause to them, that's all together, right? Like the, the identity right. of themselves is the whole package. And you're like, no, no, we love the, the medical thing you do. I don't want to have a beer with you because your opinions about sports are back. And so I'm going to not hang out with you to do that, but I'm totally going to talk to you when I need to get, you know, my, get get my medical updates and stuff. Right. Uh, uh the other note I wanted to touch on again, I think was because like the movie itself, if you watch the trailer, right, like you may think that this is going to be an ongoing story about really, quite frankly, about like white folks, like like constant jokes about white folks in his book. And then you get into the movie and it's it's all like he, you know, at least to me, there's a play on sort of the idea that like the, the movie has you thinking you're going to do one thing and then you basically are, you know, you dropped into this family drama. You're dropped into this, uh, you know, processing, you know, unre- unresolved stuff that happens, um, you know, and quite frankly, sometimes happens, especially for, for black folks along the pathway of trying to get to that, like that, at least this concept of black excellence and controls. So you have this, you know, father who's a doctor. So at the time frame that his father is a doctor and I guess I think his father was actually a cardiologist if I remember, right? <laughs> um, right, right. Like, you know, which would be a pretty esteemed role for someone to be, um, you know, not a, not a, not a unknown factor, but, a you know, probably wasn't a lot of, of black cardiologists in the Boston area, uh, in their time frame. So they, they live a very upper class life, have a living, um, care, you know, you know, housekeeper, care person that is now kind of care person to their mother. Um, you know, this is a these are three people, three young, three middle aged folks who clearly have lived a very stable existence, you know, financially, economically, right? Um, but the other side of what may have come with that, you know, for for the father who you you don't totally, I mean, you find out that the father killed himself, and you're given enough to know that. There's secrets and there's stuff that's happened that is sort of the the cause the casualty of the father's success almost right in terms of being a car like this this economic and you know, civic success came with this personal interpersonal family cost and ultimately some set of circumstances where he takes his life, um, you know, and that's a lot. To like to think about and the process and that happened with Absolutely. the family, <laughs> you know, to, to me, I guess to say very little, <laughs> like that's a lot that that's a serious, um, situation. And a lot of people's families got, you know, secrets and shit. Like you, like you got that aunt don't come around no more or the cousin that, you know, some of them talk, we don't talk about this one family member and maybe somebody one day clues you into why, you know, maybe they don't. And you just either, depending on the size of your family, at least you you just left to like sort of go, well, I mean, I know this person existed. I don't really know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why, why they, why whatever they were going through was whatever they were going through. 
but the fact that I we didn't I didn't have access to understand it. And it's very rarely, you know, like the movie puts you in this place where it makes everyone like deal with that idea that you have this um this remnant of, of whatever stuff was happening with the father. And it's not necessarily that he's uh you know, I don't know, I don't think they tried to paint him as a sympathetic figure, but it paints it as everyone else was impacted, you know, positively necessarily by the economic realities of him being a cardiologist, but the other stuff <laughs> is not a guarantee of well-being and happiness just because he had this economic. And and that's why I said that, like the limits of black excellence, right? Like if you're asserting that like a member of your family doing really well and creating a good part of the life, like that is necessary, but insufficient for like the broader wellness and how you know monk's disconnection because of the relationship with his father it versus the other ones and how that how that connects and, and again wrapping all of that in just here's a family and then here's how two members of the family because I, I would argue that his brother took what he got from it and then responded to the world in different ways than Monk did, but it still was a, it was a response coming out of the family. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how do you, how do you engage with the broader world based upon the things that happen um, in your, in your life? And then how does that shape, especially when you're creating art of framing how you want a people to be seen. Right. And again, like I said, I think we all grapple with that in ways that when we talk about, you know, the things we say, like, you know, uh, don't let the family down or, you know, make black people proud, like all these different ways we have to talk about the role of the individual to the collective. And then you might have a different person that may be trying to express the voices of those who may not have been heard. And what does that look like? And how is that, how is that expressed? Um, and I think resolving that tension um, and not even resolving it, but engaging that tension is a part of um, the constant conversation in Black artistic life. And then by, by some degree, even Black political life, as far as like who and what's being represented, mm -hmm. how are people being engaged, what's being seen as the standard, um, can something be seen as black without it being like a problem therein. So, you know, I, I think they set out there some really big concepts, which is one of the reasons I really liked the movie because it it it, it didn't kind of give you this linear thing for you to think about when it's over. There's like a broad set of concepts um, mm -hmm. to 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 think about, and, and you know, one of the other ones was this idea of like even intergenerational love. Like, when are people finding love? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the the house, uh, the housemate, like the person, you know, when she's finding love at a certain point in her life. Right. And 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 finding that and getting married at 50 something or 60 something. And, and what is and what does that mean? What does that look like? Right. Like, because a lot of us, if we're framing when do people get married and they get married in their 20s and 30s. And but this person is getting married to the, you know, to a fellow who's been interested in her in her 60s. And how do we celebrate that? And how do we all come together to support that? And, you know, so I think it just provided some some food for thought in, in ways that I don't think we've uh, 
kind of given given that uh enough thought again because the movies sometimes have to be either really funny with a smart idea at the end or they have to be challenging with some funny things in the beginning like versus like okay this is just frankly a normal family with, with big ideas that leave you to think about it which is why i think it's being so recognized yeah. um you know that that it does that yeah and, and i thought that the um like hitting that note because it it definitely and i think uh i listened to an interview i think it was for vanity fair podcast with Jeffrey Wright and even about that that piece in the movie where Lorraine and Maynard getting um, married and you know it was really the, well, the part I love about, about that is uh, Clifford Ellison uh, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown's character cussing out the neighbor with like what when they when they go to uh, the the prize at the sister's ashes and he starts asking about permits and shit and he just, he's like man He's like, man, don't you even come over here and ask me about no goddamn permits. He just started going right. in on him. I was that was very um, as I would say, traditionally African American in terms of like <laughs> we are behind our house, we are on the ocean. Don't be asking me nothing about what we're doing right now. We're having this is a sacrament, you know what I mean? But also being in that same place, you know, to celebrate the love, you know what I'm saying? And that 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 love is not bound, you know what I'm saying, by time, really, you know what I'm saying, in a sense, because right, because some people can be like, well, what's the point? Uh, Getting married when you whatever age, like, cause they like each other, <laughs> cause they love it. them two people dig each other, and they they like, yo, we ready to go ahead and do this thing. You like, you know what I'm saying? And this is where this is what we want to be doing, you know, with our lives right now. And um, right. So to have all of that happen, right? Cause cause, and this is where I think I was trying to go earlier about the title, is that like this these all these different aspects of our community's life that typically you don't get to have a movie about, <laughs> right? Because, you, you know, there's always movies, there's a lot of movies I ain't watch where it's like Breaking of the Winds or something. And you're like, well, what's that movie about? And it's about some sort of like a mother, sister going home to deal with her father's passing and like family secrets. And it's like, why am I watching that movie? And then, you know, some of the movies when you start watching them, you're like, oh, this, this is kind of a good story. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That happened to them? Oh, man, look at this. Where the cousin at? Right? And like the right. human dramas, but we don't, you know, we don't always get to go to have a movie where it's just human drama and, like, the police. I mean, th- that's why I really loved about the ending, you know, splicing. And, and again, like, I think where it pulls or pushes folks who are tuning in and really listening to the story to, like, also experience in the, within there. Like, yo, y'all want this to end in this, like, mayhem because it's us. And I hope that people, when they get to that part, kind of maybe feel like the body conflict when they're like, oh yeah, that feels like a good way for it to end with the police shoot him because they think he's a, a fugitive. It's like, no, that's not good. They right. Should, like, we don't need to see that. <laughs> like, you know, but he, he gets the, you know, him and and, and sort of the, the, the meta figure of him and Sterling K. Brown who are these two accomplished, you know, black actors to like ride off at the sunset to kick it in California where they ride off set. It's like, yo, that's, 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 like I mean, for a lot of us, and for most of us, a lot of our the, the the things that are great about life is having those opportunities to ride off with your partner and like have a great day, <laughs> like do go do, right. do the work or the thing that you do, and then go like yo, I'm gonna get with my man's man. We gonna go to what's name? We gonna get some veggie sandwiches or some hummus. We gonna be at the coast. It's gonna be popping. Like it's not all this wrestling with the 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 the, the, the uh, you know the oppressive nature of our experiences like it's like no that's that's like joy is 
going to your auntie's, uh, you know, her, you, you know, her and her, uh, you know, she got with her. They, they loved each other since high school, but their lives went different ways. But now they together at, at 62. We're going to go over there. They're going to make some mac and cheese and stuff. And it's going right. to be it's going to be some uh, Bobby Blue Bland playing and <laughs> it all. Yeah, I mean, and we're just going to be happy. Like, we're going to be happy yeah, for the whole afternoon. We're gonna be happy for the whole afternoon, right? Like that's that stuff is a bigger part of um, at least to me, I think, most of our lives, but we don't always treat it like that's special, <laughs> right? Like that's something to talk about, that that's something to center a story around is maybe the stuff you gotta go through to have those joyous moments that you got, you know, you gotta deal with this other stuff. Um so and that's the normal, that's the normalcy I'm talking about, like centering us in very normal ways. Um, that that are not so based in our collective trauma. Now they got individual trauma. All, all of that individual trauma, right? But I'm talking about like collective trauma, the of being black, and even if he has to navigate the collective trauma conversation with the white gaze outside. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and and you know how they feel like the the story of the black man who's like, uh, you know on the run right like that that's spicy right like but the normalcy of writing a story is like that's real regular but this 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 idea of this person writing this gripping tale while on the on the lamb from the jake right right like that's that's the thing right or if it's if he's a race character like the sister who is well spoken from went to wellesley put telling the story of a of a you know of a struggling black woman in her he family lives in the ghetto Right, we live in ghetto. Like, ooh, ooh, this is gripping. You know what I mean? So I think, I mean, I think it checks a lot of us. It checks a lot of us on what are we projecting? What are we calling art? Right? Like, I think, I think it does bring the bear sometimes. What are we really calling art? You know, and I think about, you know, not trying to be a curmudgeon, but I do think about even like modern day hip hop and, you know, what are we calling art? Like at some point, if we're telling the the story of the you know neighborhood, but if it's not being told any differently than someone else's, it, 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 what what is it, right? Like at what point has it become strictly for consumption, mm-hmm. right? And it becomes strictly for consumption because you know somebody else was able to do this and it provided an economic way out, right? And and where do you get this space of when you're producing art? knowing that the art you're producing or will be able to produce is like a economic financial way out of your conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I just think those, those are again, some of like the bigger things that to me, your left will have to grapple with. And I will, I will say one thing, like even, you know, our listeners, like, and you know, our listeners, um, some of our white listeners, like if, you know, if you get the urge to try to try to ask somebody black after the movie's over what they think about it, don't do it. Cause that's the whole shit about the movie. That's like so point. I was accosted. So li- like literally, it couldn't have been crazier. And to your point, we're in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, you know, while the MSA is pretty white, the city of Pittsburgh itself is 24, 25% black. Um, so you know, not not a place where you're not gonna find no black folks. I'm in a movie, me and the only, the other black person was Damon Young and his wife, <laughs> right? Mm. So as the movie's over, a very belligerent white man in the back, 
his laughing and doing all that. The whole day. he says, "Hey, can I stop you for a second? I said, uh, "No, you can't." He was like, "What you think of the movie?" I thought it was I thought it was lacking in some places, and I thought to myself, "God damn, this is like you just watched a movie about the perception of blackness and the white gaze, and then you just told me what you thought about." how a, a black movie was produced about black people in the white gays and your white gays. Right. What you thought was missing. What you like, thought was missing. Like nobody cares what you think is missing, dog. That's the, like, that's the point. Like the, the point of this is what you think is missing sometimes bastardizes and messes up stuff. Right. Oh. Like, let's just keep it a bean. Sometimes, you know, not well-meaning people and their perception of what's missing makes it actually worse. So yeah, to any yeah, and my white brothers and sisters, if you get the urge, just fight the urge. Yeah, don't just, do it. Just, yeah, just you, like I just say, don't do I, it. Is um, and that I've just a concept I've you know, I mean I learned from just a lot of different work, but so just just sit with that feeling in your body and don't say nothing. <laughs> like drive home, maybe maybe get out a piece of paper, write your thoughts down on a piece of paper, but don't text. Uh, you know. Your black friend or your homie, you know, y'all might be really close, whatever the case may be, and get their opinion. Now, if they initiate a conversation with you about it, feel free. But otherwise, keep it to yourself. Cause it's it's so much happening in that story, you know, and I definitely would like to watch it again. Um, and I and I would love to, to watch it again, because you know, with, with some other uh, you know, black folks, I you know, I got you know, mix. I haven't got a, a lot of opinions. I mean, it's just people who have seen it, but I haven't had a chance to like debrief it. This is really the first time I've had to debrief somebody that didn't live in my house, you know. Um, but the uh, you know, our house, you know, just in case anybody trying to read something into that, you know what I'm saying? Um, the um, because there's so much there that are beats that are res that resonate with me that are important to, like, what I'm doing, dealing with in life, right? That may not be, you know, the top of the list, you know, for, um, definitely for somebody <laughs> who's outside, outside of, like, my, my direct uh, lived experience. And so I would ask you just kind of, like, you know, you keep that to yourself right now. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll bring it up later. Um, man, so, um, so with that, I would say, you know, I would encourage you, while you have the opportunity, to go and, like, actually see the film. And, and and enjoy it as I did, and I'm, I'm gonna watch again. And um and just as an additional footnote, Corey Jefferson, the director, also um, was a writer producer on um, the Good Place. If you've ever watched that show, uh, and uh, the Watchmen, you know the joint um, that was on HBO. Uh, just in terms of some of his uh, creative bona fides, you know what I'm saying. I enjoyed it. Good job by you, Corey Jefferson. I will watch it again. You know what I'm saying? Good job, Jam. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh, so with that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we'll wrap that convo up and say, you know, uh, you know, unless it's almost good for the order. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Good Brothers is a part of the Ask Your Old Head podcast, and you can support the podcast by listening, by rating and subscribing wherever you're listening, and by sharing far and wide on the internets uh, you can also support the podcast by becoming a patron you can just search justice raji on patreon and sign up every little bit helps to offset the cost to make this happen in addition you can still go to 
the Etsy shop and purchase a sweatshirt or if you go to asholdhead.com still one sweatshirt listed up there even though it's I'm gonna say last year's style so get it while it lasts uh, in any event thank you for listening and uh, enjoy peace <laughs>